said, I've resolved to give God everything I've got. Then I'll leave the results up to him. That's a pretty bold declaration. Everything. Everything. Say everything. My question for you this morning is, is what about you? Does everything you have belong to God? You honor God with everything he's given you. Are you a giver or a taker? Galatians 6, 7 does, says this, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. That's a principle of God. Started way back in Genesis 26. Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering till he became very prosperous. Isaac moved forward in his life because he understood that everything he had belonged to God. Second Corinthians nine, six through seven has been quoted so many times. Probably not enough by me, but I say this, this is the Apostle Paul. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Say sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly. Or of necessity, for God loves a sad, forlorn, stingy, a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance, say abundance, for every good work. Sowing and reaping, it's, it's an awesome concept. It's, it's a farm term. So some of you might not even know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking like S-E-W-I-N-G, like sewing a button on your shirt. S-O-W-I-N-G means to another word for it would be to scatter seeds or to plant. Okay? Planting and reaping would be harvesting. How many of you know much about farming or are farmers? You know about farming. You know that you plant a seed and, and you expect something to grow. Take some water, take sunshine, take some, sometimes some fertilizer, sometimes some weed uh, pulled out. But as we sow, then we're supposed to reap in, in due time, the Bible says. So today, as I present this concept or this principle of sowing and reaping, I want to show it to you in some different light um, as to what God has revealed to me about how it needs to be shared today. I want you to think for a minute, though, what if you had to lay out your life before you on a spreadsheet, so to speak, what are you sowing? What are you, what are you planting? What are you giving out? Because if you're not reaping much good in your life right now, there's probably not much sowing going on, good sowing. See, you can sow good seeds and you can sow bad seeds. You can sow, and you can reap good or you can reap bad. It's a principle of God that is a way that he designed things to work wasn't my idea, it was God's idea. 
So I want us to break this down. I want you to turn to, in your Bibles, if you have, to Galatians 5. Galatians 6 is where that verse came from that I just read, do not be deceived. And as you're looking that up, I want you to know that when, when uh, the Apostle Paul says, do not be deceived, God, do not mock God, it, that's very serious language. He's very serious about when he says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. In other words, you better pay attention to what I'm about to say. Whatever a man, whatever a man sows, he will also reap. But I want us to back up. So many times scriptures or are, are, are sermons are given out of context. So I want to I show you the context that the Lord's revealed to me in preparing this sermon. Look at verse 22. He, he's already told what actually the, the fruit of the flesh is before that. If you want to read that later, you will find it. But then he says there's this fruit of the Spirit. Now, I just planted a tree, two trees in the backyard. I told you last week, cherry trees. I didn't, I already, they were already uh, in tree form. They weren't the seed. But if I were to plant a cherry seed, what would I expect to grow? Cherry tree. So I, I planted something. And I'm expecting not this year, but maybe next year or maybe two years from now to harvest some cherries from these trees. So what I'm expecting. You know, Mary Lou said, I really would like a cherry tree. So, I, you know, being a really bright husband, I went and got a cherry tree. I didn't get a peach tree. I got cherries because I wanted to see, I wanted to see what we planted. I want to see it grow. But if we look at this in the context, I want you to look at the fruit of the Spirit. Most of you know these. Maybe most of you. I don't know, but here we go. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Say love. love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Say love. love. Okay, this is the, uh, the agape love, selfless love, unselfish love, the giving love. It's not the taking love. Maybe if you love me, you'll bring me the paper. Maybe if you love me, you'll give me that out of the refrigerator. That's not, that's not agape. We're talking about agape love, the giving love. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Then he follows all the rest of them. I believe come under like a colon should be there. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. You can't do enough of that. Somebody's going to arrest you. And he just loves too much. He is just too gentle. You need to throw him in jail. If we live... No, verse 24. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Mm. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. You know what the word walk means there? I didn't look it up. I just remember from past sermons. It means a lifestyle. It's how you live. How you live. Let us walk also in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited. Say conceited. Provoking one another, envying one another. Very important that you notice those verses at the end of the fruits of the Spirit. Because chapter 6, listen, when the Bible was written, there were no chapters and verses li- uh, listed out. This came along later. So if you'll read with me as a continuation, let, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual or mature, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Say gentleness. One of the fruits, right? Didn't we just read one of the fruits of the Spirit is gentleness? Okay. So he's continuing this whole teaching. 
He said, if you're walking in this fruit of the Spirit, one of them is gentleness. And he said, if there's a brother and he slips and falls or he, he gets off track or he backslides or whatever you want to call it, he says, we are to be the body of Christ. We're to restore them and use the fruit that God's put within us to restore them. That means you've got to give. That means you've got to be a part of the giving process because you're going to sow some seeds of the fruit of the Spirit. Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Now, I used to wonder, does that mean, and this could mean that, does that mean if, if you're trying to help somebody that's involved, let's say in pornography, and you're trying to help them out of that, and you're trying to restore them, is there a possibility you could fall into that same sin? Sure there is, but I don't think that's what he's talking about. I think he's talking about arrogance and being conceited. Oh, oh, so-and-so, oh, Joe, he's doing the same thing he used to do. Oh, man, I'm tired of that guy. I don't want to put up with him anymore. And you know why? Why didn't he grow up? Because I'm walking this walk. Why can't he walk this walk? We get all conceited, puffed up. And listen, if we're in that attitude, we're not going to help anybody and restore them gently. He's talking about spiritually mature believers filled with the Spirit of God. He said, look, you see a brother and he's stumbling Go help him up. And don't be conceited and high-horsed about it. Don't think you're better than him. Don't look down upon him and say, oh, man, I knew you would do that again. Word curse. We word curse people all the time because we see them and they fall again. We say, I knew he would do that. Man, you need to repent when you speak those kind of things over people because you're not restoring that brother in gentleness. You're, you're not even restoring them. You're, con you're condemning them. You're joining up with the enemy that says he is the, the accuser of the brethren. And we just jo join up and partner with him and putting people down and cursing people. Tell them they'll, they'll never make it. When the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, all those things that wrap up around this guy. And we take the grave clothes off of him and we begin to minister to them with love. It all wraps up in this thing called love. Look. I want to show you how this progression goes. Number, verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Restore them gently. Don't be conceited. And begin to, to bear their burden. Because if you're doing that, you're doing what Jesus told us to do. The law of Christ is found in Matthew 22, 37 through 39. That's one of the places it's found. And it says this, and it's the same thing the man said in the movie, the coach. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you're going to restore somebody gently, if you're going to bear their burdens, you've got to be doing it. In this thing called love. Not conceit, not pride, not, not that you've got to figure it out and they don't. It, it's got to be done in love. Now see, some people, they look at this verse. Now, I'll just show you how perverted the enemy can use verses in the Bible. Bear one another's burdens. You see, so many people take that one and go, man, you've got to bear my burden. David, i got a problem. You better take care of it, buddy. Because the Bible says you're supposed to bear my burden. Is that what he's talking about? 
Exactly not. It's just the opposite of that. We are to go to people. And we are supposed to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and say, man, brother, I see that there's a problem in your life. I see you're hurting here. Can I help you some way? That's bearing somebody's burden. And if you want to take it and twist it, then you're a taker. You're not a giver. Give me, give me, give me. Pastor, give me a really good, feel-good sermon today. Aaron, I want you to sing. Just bust out in the vocals so I can be pleasantly. Uh, I can just, I can, oh, I can just ascend to the heights. Oh, Jeff, I, and I hope you guys get the words up on the screen. Just exactly right so I'm not thrown off any by worship. And I hope to be, I hope you brought the right kind of donuts today, brother. Because if you didn't bring the right kind of donuts, I don't know if I can go on. Take, take, take. Give me some food. Give me some food. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. It's a body of Christ. is a lot like that. We're not ready to bear somebody else's burdens. We want them to bear ours. Look at verse 3. Look, look how this works out. For if anyone thinks of himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Well, Paul, you must be confused. You just said we're supposed to bear somebody else's burden. Now that we're not, we're supposed to bear our own. What are you talking about? Listen, we are called to bear one another's burdens. But listen, you are responsible for yourself. I would like to say I could help everybody and I could take you with me. Hey, well, I'm going to go stand before God in the judgment day. If you just hitch right on here, we'll make it together. And he says, no, I don't want that. Oh, no, no, come on, come on, come on. You got, I, I can do this for you. No, you can't. I can't get saved for anybody else here. Look at what it says in Romans 14, 10 through 12, 10b through 12. Listen, church, you need to get this. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give an account of himself or herself to God. You can't get in because your mama was a good woman and she was a fine Christian. You can't get in because your daddy was a preacher. You can't get in because somebody taught Sunday school in your class. You can't get in because you read a Bible verse sometime. You say, well, I, I, the Bible's good. You've, you've gotta, you have to give an account for your own self, for your own actions. That's why it's so important that you understand this, this, this passage that I do. You bear one another's burdens. God's going to ask you, why didn't you help him up? Why didn't you speak life into them? Why did you speak death into them? You've got to give an account for every word, every idle word that comes out of your mouth. That's serious stuff. And we spew vomit all the time. Oh, you'll never make it. Oh, you're just a C student. You'll never be college material. I don't even know why you're trying. Look, I know you've, you've been to prison. You're probably going to go back to prison. You know, you might be free for a while, but I know, you know, you're not going to hang. You, you can't make it very long. But that's word curses. We're not speaking life into them. Are you speaking life? Are you speaking life? Are you giving instead of taking? Are you conceited and thinking, well, I've got it figured out. I'm going to stand before God and it's all going to be all good. I wish everybody was as good as me. Man, we're called to bear one another's burdens, but we're called also 
to be accountable unto God for ourselves. And in the same vein, look where he goes with this passage. For each one shall bear his own load. And then verse 6 says, Let him who has taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. I got to tell you, there there was no plan. This is God's order to bring in this message today. But today we're passing out your giving record from last year. Our, our treasurers have been working really hard to get all this. It's a lot of paperwork for a payless job. A lot of paperwork. And they're filling out these forms and they're passing them out to people and, and they're giving them out to people. And, and then God lays on my heart about giving. And, and immediately my thought is fear of man. I struggle with that one. I'll just be honest with you. I'm going to be real transparent with you. I struggle with that. But listen, I shouldn't. And I always say I shouldn't, but I do anyway. Because some of you, how many of this is your first time to come to Freedom Fellowship? First time. Okay. I hardly ever preach on giving. Church? True? I'm doing you a disservice when I don't. I'm not talking about tithing this morning. I'm talking about giving. If God doesn't have your heart, you're not a giver. You might throw a lot of money in the offering plate, but you're not a giver. The Bible has clear guidelines about giving. Old Testament, Malachi, read it. Malachi 3, it says to bring the tithes into the storehouse. A tithe meant a tenth. He said, if you want God to bless you, then you need to give. You need to sow, and then you will reap. He said, I'll open the windows of heaven, and I'll pour out a blessing on you. Listen, that's Old Testament. That's the law. And tenth is the minimum. Tenth is the minimum. I didn't hear one amen then. I didn't hear one amen until I said it again. It's true. A tenth. Every dollar you take a dime out and give it to God. It's all God's. First Timothy five seventeen through eighteen. Listen, this is important. If you can't give, you're in bondage. Did you know that? If you can't give, if this is more important to you than the kingdom of God, then you're in bondage. I'll say it straight up. Rich young ruler comes to Jesus. What do I have to do to have eternal life? Well, he said, keep all the commandments. He said, well, I did all that, which he was lying. Because he didn't love the Lord his God with all his mind, soul, heart, and strength. Because he was holding on to everything he had. So Jesus saw his heart. He said he looked at him and he loved him. Listen, I'm preaching this in love. I love y'all. And Jesus looked at this, the rich young ruler whipped up in his, got out of his Cadillac, of his limo, and stepped up and said, hey, Hey, here I am, Jesus. What do I need? Come on, give me some love. He said, okay, why don't you just go sell your car, sell everything you've got, give it, to, give it to the poor, and then you can come and follow me. And you know that guy was so happy? He said, oh, no. No way, Jose. Uh-uh. This is my stuff. I'm keeping it. And he got in the car. He was sad, but he got, he was sad. Some of you are sad because you can't let go and you can't be a giver. I mean, it grieves you. But listen, it grieves God more. Because you're saying by you not giving that he can't take care of you. These, are, these always go over good, honey. I love these sermons on giving. 1 Timothy 5, 17 through 18. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. 
especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. I will tell you, I have labored in this doctrine. Can I get a witness? We had a discussion in, in, in our leaders, in our staff meeting about uh, the importance of giving and, and whether tithing is a New Testament or old, and if it's a current relevant for today. But the heart of the staff was that we are going to be givers. We're going to give out of the abundance and out of the poverty. It doesn't matter. You give what well, everything is God's until you give it. You sow it where you reap. You, you reap here, then that's where you sow. It's a hard lesson for some of you. You might be sowing offerings everywhere, but you're not sowing what God said to sow into the house of God. Martin Luther, he always stayed in trouble, but he wrote this. He said, these passages and these that I've just read are all meant to benefit us ministers. I must say, I do not find much pleasure in explaining these verses. I am made to appear as if I am speaking for my own benefit. Yet they are important. Listen, this is not this, is not this heavy-handed message on tithing. You can ask Christian and Mark, how many times have we asked for a raise? Ever? Never asked for a raise. It's not about that. It's about you being blessed because you're being obedient to God. Did y'all lock those doors, Wes? Thank you. Getting dry mouth. It's always the non-givers that are kind of squirmy. I love to give. I, I count it a privilege to give. I count it a privilege to sow into the kingdom of God. I count it uh, as, as a, an obedience, but I count it as a, a joy because I get to. You've heard my testimony. The only time that in our life that we didn't tithe, God gave Mary Lou a dream, and she said, does this mean anything to you about uh, giving? And I said, oh, no, I lied to my wife because I knew, I knew, I knew. Man, God will find you out, and he will let you know. I lied to my wife, and then she had the dream again. I said, God, quit it. Honey, seriously, have the same dream again? What's going on? Are our finances in order? Are you giving? Are you tithing to the church? We were going to a different church then. Was it three times? I'm just saying, I know, but I'm just saying how serious it is. It's serious. It was three times she had the dream. Grounds for divorce almost, you know. No, don't do that to me again. You're fine. I'm going to have to lie again. And I finally said, no, I'm, I, I missed our tithe this month. It's been tough. I had to pay something. I don't know what it was. I had to pay my car payment or something, my house payment. And, and I just let the tithe go. But in Mary Lou, whoo, boy, she got up in the middle of Harold. She said, I don't care what you got to do. You just made that tithe. And I said, okay, I'll write a check on our credit card. That's I wrote a check on my credit card to pay tithe. I'm not suggesting that at all, believe me. But for me, I had to do that. Be sure your sins will find you out. I learned that in church camp. I didn't even know what it meant then. <laughs> Be sure your sins will find you out. Okay. You know what that means? God loves you so much, he's going to reveal to you where you're sinning. He loves you so much, he don't want you to stay there. He don't want you to be in bondage. See, it, 
Dave Ramsey teaches about financial freedom. You hear it. If you watch the Fox News, that's all they do is about the gold thing and, and investing and all this. And I'm going, wow, man, we're, we're in trouble, baby. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we have been storing up our treasure in heaven. That bank ain't going to go default. It's not going to have to have a bailout. It's in a good account. Okay? So when you give, that's what you're doing. You're storing up. You know, and, and I'm not talking just financially, but when you give everything you've got, your life, to, to God, to King Jesus, and you say, here I am, take all of me. You're, he said, okay, I can do that. He's going to bless you. Verse 7 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. You see, some people, they don't like the concept because they've tried it and it didn't work. Can I get a witness? I sold. I didn't get my $1,000 back. I sold $100. That guy said I had on TV evangelist said I'd get a tenfold back or hundredfold. And you, you sowed into death and you expected to see some life from it. Carol, you've, you've planted before, haven't you? When you plant a seed, like if you were to go out and to, to dig up some ground tomorrow and plant a seed, would you go back Tuesday to see the harvest? You wouldn't. Hmm, why? It wouldn't happen that way. It takes time. There's, got, there's, there's a season. There are seasons in our life. So sometimes you don't like this reaping and sowing thing because it didn't work for you. Because you, you sowed something, and you didn't reap it immediately. And you say, well, God, that, that principle doesn't work. Listen, God's principles are true. He is not a liar. Every, every word he ever wrote, every promise he ever gave is a truth. And our problem is we think God's timing should line up with our timing. And some of you are wondering why things are going wrong, things are breaking down, all this mess that you're going through, and, find, and, and you're not even giving God what is owed to him? Simple obedience. Thank you, honey. When he talks about sowing and reaping in this passage, if you do the breakdown in the Greek, which I'm not going to try to tell you that, except this. When he says sow, he means a continual sowing, David. It's a continual. I don't know many farmers that go out and plant one cotton seed and say, man, oh, I have a big crop. Levi Strauss is going to be calling me. I planted a cotton seed. I'm going to have a, whoo, man. It's going to be everywhere. It's going to, everybody in the wall is going to be talking about the cotton on my farm because I planted a cotton seed, and I'm expecting God to honor that. We don't do that, do we? We sow a lot of seeds. And some of the seeds, you know, the birds get them. I was thinking about that bird thing, the four soils. Y'all you know what I'm thinking. Some of, that, some of that seed was sown on the, rock, the ground, and the, and the birds got it. Remember that passage, Jack? The birds got it. You know what birds do when they eat? They poop. And that's what happens. Some of you are sowing seeds into death, and you're expecting some good harvest to come, and you're right there. It's right on you. That'll stick with you. That had to be from the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't have thought of that. You say, oh, so I'm glad he said something funny. <laughs> I can laugh now. 
Hope you don't go back to that giving thing anymore. Uh, I'm sorry. Verse 8. For he who sows to his flesh will reap what? Corruption. That's why I think it's kind of serious that we need to know what the Bible says about our sowing. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Wow, that's good. Corruption, everlasting life. Corruption, everlasting life. What do you like? Everlasting life. Pretty good. Problem is, in our, in our culture, we are so materialistic and money-consumed. Would you all agree? We all probably in this room have way more than we need. Okay? Your little house is a mansion across Cunha in the cardboard city. Okay? It's all relevant when we talk about what we have and what we don't have. And I know there are some in our church that are homeless. God just gave me this little ditty this morning about people that are homeless. If you've got Jesus, you're never homeless. Because he says our citizenship is in heaven. Okay? So if you don't have a place to lay your head or, or, or something to call home, but you know Jesus, you're not homeless. Just thought I'd throw that in. Money is very important to God. He needs our money. Because he just, his account's running low. Y'all believe that? Why not? He got it all. It's all his, right? Okay. So if y'all want to get you to thinking. So, but why is he so concerned about money then? Because he talks about it a lot in the Bible. I don't know if y'all know that. He talks about money a bunch. Look at 1 Timothy 6. I think he talks about it so much because he knows how bad it can be for us. Getting so many hallelujahs and amens, I'm just so pumped. How many times did I got to do this a year, Charles? I mean, y'all, y'all decide back in the staff. You just let me know. <laughs> uh, listen, I want you to be blessed, so that's why I'm teaching this, okay? Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Hmm. You know, the only thing that we can do here that's eternal is lead people to Jesus. And not, we're not going to carry that with us. We're going to send it. But uh, that's, that's what I believe. If, if you want to do anything, if you want to accumulate anything here on this earth, accumulate souls into the kingdom of God. I think that's why evangelists love what they do. Because they're bringing, they're bringing people in. They're bringing people in. And they get to heaven, there, and there's a line of people. So Don Babin, and they're going to speak in that Messiah language, and they said, this guy led me to Jesus, you know. And he's just going to see lines of people. And I hope that's for every one of us here. Now, godliness with contentment is great, great gain. We brought nothing in. We're not going to take anything out. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. Wow, that really, that really looks good, doesn't it? Just food and clothing. Just food and clothing, that's all we need. But those who desire to be rich, they fall 
into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money, say love of money, is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Sounds to me like that's sowing to the flesh and reaping corruption. Is God against money? No. He's against, he's against us loving money. Does money dominate your thought life? Do finances dominate your thinking? Does debt, does debt just overwhelm you, but you go and get in more debt? Uh, does, you, the thing is, God doesn't want you to be in bondage to that. And the best way he knows for us not to be in bondage to it is to give it away. To give it away. What are you giving away? Now, go back to Galatians 6. And he's talking about reaping and sowing. Okay, we're still on that subject. Reaping and sowing and reaping, excuse me. I always want to say it the other way. Sowing and reaping. Now, he knows the human being. He knows the, the, the carnal man. He knows sometimes how we, well, he knows what we're thinking. God knows what we're thinking. So he puts this in the word. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Isn't that good? He's saying, look, guys, I know you've been sowing a lot. Don't, don't get tired of it. Don't, don't grow weary. Don't, if, if you don't see a return immediately, don't quit sowing. Keep on sowing love. See, keep sowing gentleness. Keep sowing kindness. Keep sowing the finances. Keep sowing uh, your time. Keep sowing your talents. Keep sowing the love of God. Keep sowing the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Keep sowing those seeds. Don't stop. Don't get tired because in due season, you're going to reap. In due season, that's going to start coming back. How many of you have seen a kid that you've prayed for and prayed for and you've sown your prayers and you've sown your prayers and one day you thought they'll never, I don't know if they'll ever come to Jesus and one day they come running and they say, I found Jesus. And you've reaped that seed, you've reaped that harvest because you've sown and sown and you didn't get tired of it, you didn't get weary of it and you didn't give up. Don't grow weary in your well-doing or your doing of good. Because God's promises are true. If you sow, you will reap. If you sow love, you'll reap love. If you sow the good news, you'll reap the souls for the kingdom of God. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially, listen to this, especially to those who are of the household of faith. I commend Freedom Fellowship. We sow into this family all the time. All the time. You may not even know it. How much is sown into this body. And it's not necessarily people that are saying give, give, give. It's because we see the burden and we react to what the, the gospel has told us to do. And we sow into the lives of people. And outside this body. My take on that verse 9 is this. If you're giving just to get and you don't get it back right away. 
It's sure easy to quit. It's easy to lose heart. Kingdom sowing, giving, being good stewards or managers of what God has given us, blessing others, carrying the load for others, just flat out doing good to everybody, especially your brothers and sisters in Christ. You know what? That's what love says to do. Actually, that's what love demands us to do. That's what love commands us to do. God knew we would sometimes have a tendency to be selfish, so he commanded us. He he knew that we would have a tendency not to love our brothers, so he commanded us to love them. Because he knew that blessings come when we obey him. I'm telling you, if you start living a life and being a giver in every area of your life, every area, total being, you will not be able to hold all the stuff God's going to pour out on you, all the blessings he's going to pour out on you. You will not be able to contain it. Luke 6, 38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. What does that mean? It means exactly what it says. It's very literal. What measure are you using? A thimble or a gigantic bucket? Man, God's going to pour it back. Now, let me read. I just have one more verse to read. It's from the message. It's that same verse. It's from the message. Did we have that one, Andrew? Yeah, here it is. This is good. Give away your life. You'll find life given back. But not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. Every area of your life. Yeah, amen, hallelujah. God gave us his very best. We just sang about it for 30 minutes or an hour. He gave his very best for us. What are you giving him? I'll never forget. I know the Hubers aren't here today. I don't believe. But I'll never forget one of our children ministry times when when we had the children's blessing. Luke was a little bitty. Man, you know what he did? He came and stood in the offering plate. (laughs) And immediately, God said, that's what I want you to do, Harold. Give everything you got to me. Give me everything. I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed if you give God everything. If you're trying to figure out how little you can give and get by, then I will tell you this morning, your heart's not in the right place. Just like the coach this morning said, I've resolved to give God everything I've got. Then I'll leave the results up to him. We've got one of these placards on our, our wall in our, in our guest bedroom. And, and probably most of you have one of these in your home or you've seen it. Live, laugh, love. How many of you got one of those? Come on, fess up. Be in the Hobby Lobby. I got the live, laugh, and love. Target, got to live, laugh, and love. It's cute. I think we need to come up with another one. Love, live, and give. Love, 
Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love yourself. Live life to the fullest. Jesus said, I have not come that you might have just a mediocre life. I've come that you've had the abundant life. Live it to the fullest. And then when, God begin, when you begin to love God that way and live life to the fullest, you're going to be a giver. You won't even have to think about it. You won't, have to, you won't begrudge it. You'll say, man, I want to give. Just like the church in Macedonia. I love that. I could have preached from that one all day long too. It said, out of their poverty they gave. And it says, but first, they gave themselves to the Lord. Just like Luke got in the offering plate. Have you given yourself to the Lord? Because if you give yourself to him, then he's going to make you a conduit of blessing to others in every area of your life. How we give is how we live. And how we live is how we love. You're not writing that down. That's, that's good stuff. How we give is how we live. And how we live is how we love. Would you stand? That's all I got. Jody Camarillo. We don't have an invitation song very often, but when this song jumped off the page at us, this is the declaration song for you and me this morning. If you will open your heart and give God everything. We used to sing the old song, and when I grew up, I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. I surrender all. I've always contended that the Christian flag shouldn't be what they have today. They've got a white flag with a blues and a red cross. I think it should just be a white flag. It says, I surrender. I give you everything I've got, Lord. It ain't mine anyway. I want to ask you this morning, are you a giver? Are you letting God pour into you because you're pouring into him? Are you pouring out to others as God has called us to be givers? Would you bow your heads this morning? Just bow your heads. I want you to be honest, honest with yourself. Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to examine our hearts this morning. The word has examined your heart this morning. Holy Spirit's going to examine your heart now. Are you in bondage to, to money? Are you in bondage to your talents? Are you in bondage to your time? Do you think you have ownership of everything? Are you going to let God control every area of your life? If, are you one of those people who said, if I just win the lottery, I'm going to give a lot of money to God? Or are you giving a dime out of the dollar? Are you being obedient to what God's called you to do? Bristle at the thought of how dare he, that man, tell me I need to give. It's, it's my own stuff. I'm going to hang on to what I want to hang on to. Are you, is that your mindset this morning? Listen, if it is, you're in bondage. I was thinking about this message today, and I was thinking, God, why am I preaching this? And he said, Harold. called you to freedom I called you to be a minister of freedom and that's such a bondage in the body today people are so wrapped up in their own stuff they're just chained and they need to be set free they need to understand the principles of God of sowing and reaping 
I know it's not a popular message. I struggle with it. But God's saying some of you have got to let go what you think is yours and acknowledge that it came from God, that he gave you everything you have. Even if it's just a sleeping bag on the street, he gave you that. If it's just some food out of the food pantry, he gave you that. Are you being faithful to give back? Let go of it. Let go of it. So you can truly have the abundant life. So this morning, I'm just asking you to be honest with God. Trust Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, all means all. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Just going to ask you to keep your heads bowed as Jody sings this morning. You don't even need to sing along. I don't even want the words on the screen. Just want him to sing and you just to do business with God this morning. And listen, if you if you've not been a giver, that today you would repent. If you've not given God everything, you'd repent. Say, Father, change my heart, change the way I think. Help me, Father, not to take up an offense today, but to lay it down and walk in this thing called forgiveness and healing. That I might move forward, I might prosper in my soul today. Because I'm being obedient to you. If you've been holding back, God's calling you this morning to let go and let him have ownership of your life.